good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henry Cutter, Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot, and we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by St. Paul Public Schools, now giving out signing bonuses. You can check them out at SPPS.org. Yes, definitely. Hey, Wendy, uh, Wendy and Dr. Stately are on today, yeah. and uh Wendy, it's uh, winter now here in Minnesota. <laughs> it's the first day that I put a <laughs> pair of jeans on in a really long time and a, like a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. We called those uh, hard pants during COVID. Hard pants, yeah. Because we got the hard wearing, pants on. We were wearing our shorts and things like Sweat that. pants and pajamas for three years. <laughs> well, uh, we got the Shakopee Pow Wow coming up and, uh, this weekend and we have our we have our kids running uh, the Native Roots Arts uh, powwow store up at uh, Shakopee. Yeah, awesome. It's going to be exciting. It's a really big powwow. Lots of people go and attend, and you don't have to be Native American to attend it. And I really would um, ask everybody to go and just check it out. You'd really see a lot of uh, beautiful things. Well, what's also interesting, too, is that we'll have new swag Mm-hmm. Some really cool new swag, and I just found out that Wendy's art cards will be ready Thursday in time for this. So, if you want to see Wendy's art or purchase a, a card, a gift card, or a greeting card, uh, stop on by, and then we're going to be at the state fair for a long, long time. And you and I will be there only a couple days, uh, checking on the kids, and we'll be there at the fair having fun and um, doing what we normally do. Yeah, August twenty fourth. Through September 4th is the Minnesota State Fair. So we will be at the west end of the fair, Yeah, Native Roots Trading Post. Right on. We're going to do a couple shows there, and we're going to make Haley come out there and uh, do some shows with us. And then I think we're going to do some remote stuff, too, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we have a good parking spot now this year, too. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's uh, Monday, and we have the CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in Minnesota, Dr. Stately, stopping by, and we really always appreciate our conversation with Dr. Stately. Welcome, as always, to Native Roots Radio. Bonjour, everyone. It's fair time. It's so exciting. August is like easily one of my most favorite times of the year. Um, August and September, <clears throat> my two favorite powwows always happen, like in August and September. So Shakopee's powwow, which you just mentioned, and then next month, the usually the the powwow closer at the end of the year um, is um, uh, the um, Makato powwow in Mankato. Yeah, um, love that one. Land of, land of uh, memories. Beautiful park, beautiful powwow. It's small, intimate. I always run into a million people that I haven't seen um, in forever, and <clears throat> a lot of really great memories at that park um, and at that powwow. Um, my kids have gone to that powwow since I, they were little tiny guys, so wow. I look forward to that. And it's um, it's already it's, it feels like fall already, doesn't it? It's, really, <laughs> it's winter. Know. August August fourth, just right around the corner, right? And I'm wearing my hoodie, and um, I got my hard pants on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not there (laughs) yet. I think I'm calling him that. So yeah, it was a a little bit of a um, kind of a strange wake up call this morning, right? To the weather, exactly. Wendy, why did we start calling them hard pants? Because I, I knew exactly what you meant. I think during we saw COVID. it on the internet during COVID, or somebody said they're going out and they have they're put they put on their hard pants because we were all in sweatpants <laughs> right. and pajama pants for the whole COVID. So, yeah, it's crazy. Like, yeah, it's a, it was a thing. Yeah, 
for like two years, I didn't have to dress for work except for my the waist up. Just, yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, exactly. <laughs> I still, awesome. I still don't from a, for a lot of my meetings. I'm still like wearing these new sweat sort uh, yeah. shorts that Wendy has bought me. So um, I saved so much money on laundry soap, and I didn't have to buy any clothes <laughs> for the bottom half of my body. It was awesome. <laughs> well, I think what's really weird is when I would go teach in school and go to work. I would shower every day, and now it's like Wendy and I are sitting on different ends of the couch going, did you shower today? And I said, well, it's oh, been about Lord four Lord. days. <laughs> That's Robert. That's TMI, Robert. There's, <laughs> there's more health issues related to showering than just smelling good. <laughs> Hey, that's a swing, <laughs> swing back and talk about powwows uh, just for a second, Dr. Stately. Um, you know, powwows are for everyone to come. And, uh, you know, I think there's some protocol we could just re- really talk about because we know we're going to see a lot of people at Shakopee and everybody's welcome. And that's a free powwow, too. Yeah, it's a great powwow. You know, it is one of the largest in the mm-hmm. region, if not the largest um, in the state are in the region. Um, and what I love about it is like, you know, my favorite is to go to Grand Entry. So Friday mm-hmm. night, Grand Entry, it's always, almost always a really beautiful evening. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. um, it starts to get dark around, you know, the sun sets around eight o'clock, eight thirty, And, you know, yep. it takes about that long for um, Grand Entry to finish too. Cause like, you know, there's like all the dancers go into the thing and they're like dancing. It's really fascinating to watch them all dance and they turn into this really tight 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 circle of people but mm-hmm. it is the place where you get to see all of the dancers you know yeah. all the male dancers female the the, tan- the tiny dots everybody elders like and they all have such beautiful regalia mm-hmm. such a beautiful experience to watch well also yeah. too and they come in in groups uh mm-hmm. whether it's a yeah dancer or uh uh you know a shawl dancer and things like that so that and and then the younger ones too come at the end yeah, I remember. I think one of the first times we went to the that powwow, and they always said the uh, grand entry was really long, and it was like, "Wow, I'm standing up here for an hour." It seems like, and it literally mm-hmm. was darn near an hour. Yep, yep. They're, they are known for their long grand entries. Usually, though, for sure, almost every Friday one is, um, you know, um, if you're a dancer and you travel far, you know. Um, it's a contest powwow too, so you place and things like that. But even like they're gonna, um, if you come and you dance all three days, you get like you get a little bit of you know, um, you know, powwow gas. money, like yeah. gas money to help you pay for your way home and something like that. So mm-hmm. it's um, but more importantly, it's like you know, at those things you're gonna run into people that you haven't seen in a really long time. You're gonna run into somebody that you haven't talked to forever. Um, you're going to meet people and you're going to meet new people. You're going to form new relationships. It's just, you know, <clears throat> this is what we have done as indigenous people since the beginning of time. We've like visited each other's camps and we spent time socializing and building relationships and alliances. And, um, and um, it's, it's just the way we celebrate um, and socialize and have a good time. It's all about, you know, you know, <clears throat> appreciating the time now that we have on earth and also, you know, remembering those relationships that um, endured, uh, help us endured and, um, and get through difficult times. So it's a really great opportunity to just really remember why we are here. We're here to be good relatives to one another. And that's what's happening in Apollo. You see laughing, you see dancing, you see singing, you see, you have all this really rich experience. Um, and yes, there are protocols. So if you are non-native and you haven't been to a powwow, Shakby does a good job. Um, take that little flyer or that little uh, booklet they give you when you drive in, and it has some written description of what to expect at a powwow and how to conduct yourself. And so, you know, yeah. always, always ask people too uh, to take pictures too. That's one of the things that uh, yes that that you want to do, and also standing for watch. Just kind of join with everyone and stand uh, when it's appropriate to stand. You know, it, it's it's mm-hmm. for everybody, but it's also really a, a great uh, community event and hang out and joke and see some beautiful dancing and see people you haven't, like you said, haven't seen in a while. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately. It's Monday, and Wendy is going to be uh, 
ending the show with our uh, sacred animal portion, but it's great to be here with Dr. Stately. Haley, this is Native Roots Radio. Stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, when we relearn our values, when we live our teachings, respecting our elders, cherishing and honoring our children, when we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. As we emerge from the shadows of the pandemic, let us celebrate our resilience and embrace the path to a brighter future. While the COVID-19 emergency declaration may be over, our commitment to safety remains stronger than ever. We invite you to stand tall and protect what matters most, our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. The power to keep our community safe lies within each one of us. It's important to remember the basics when you're with someone who might be at risk of COVID complications. Wear your mask, wash your hands often, and take an at-home COVID test if you have any symptoms. We are a strong and interconnected community, and together we'll emerge from this challenge stronger than ever. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep the spirit of our Native American culture thriving. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition. <laughs> yes, it does. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and we're just kind of having a conversation here, uh, uh, just wrapping up the, the uh, powwow is this weekend at Shakopee, starting Friday, and 7 o'clock is the grand entry. Uh, Native Roots Arts will be out there with some new swag for sale, and we're really excited. Say, Stop by and say hello to Jelaine and Micah and um, Jalisa, too, I think, Wendy, is mm-hmm. going to be out there. So we're excited. That'll be the first time we're out there uh, with Sh- at, at the Shakopee Powell. Mm-hmm. We are excited. <laughs> hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, and Dr. Stately always has his fans here. He has somebody saying that, oh, Uncle saying hi all uncle nice um Dr. Stanley, nice hey uh what uh what uh, we have going on here at the clinic uh, what what do we see in the future here i know you guys are are making a new clinic here in the in the groundbreaking can you give us a little update on that uh and remind our listeners uh, yeah i mean i can give an overview of it it's like you know, some days it feels like it's going to happen next week, and other days it feels like it's off in the distance. But, <clears throat> you know, we're in the middle of um, um, the end of our capital campaign for the clinic. NAC is going to build a brand-new two-story, uh, two-floor clinic on the um, at the front of our property on Franklin Avenue along the Cultural Corridor. And um, we are also partnered with um, uh, <clears throat> a local um, uh, housing partner to develop um, four floors of housing above the clinic. And our hope is that we'll break ground this time next year, hopefully actually Q2 in 2024. So that's um, like April, May, June, June-ish um, in 2024. And then it's about a 12 to 18 month build from there. So opening up a new clinic by the end of 2025. But it's, uh, it's a lot of work, really excited about um, we're in this 
um, final phase of sort of kind of doing some some uh, <clears throat> really critical work around the design and, and, and nailing down some of the design features. We have a cultural design group that's comprised of some folks um, both within the clinic and externally to the clinic that are giving us some feedback um, and some support and direction around, you know, integration of culture, because um, it's a big part of what we do as a, um, as a um, um, Native clinic. We center culture and everything we do and um, um, how that ends up looking like in the new building is um, coming becoming a little bit more clear, having a little more accuracy around that, which is kind of nice. Um, oh. All really exciting stuff. I was going to say, how exciting and what a great legacy that uh, you and uh, your workers are working on and seeing the big picture and the needs uh, needs for the community. I just uh, just applaud you so much in your work and uh, your partnerships. Oh, thank, you. thank you. I'm excited about it. We have um, some really great um, partnerships that are um, that have been forged and are going to be even built out stronger and more. Um, um, you know, uh, comprehensive going into this partnership. Um, NAC has a, re- a relationship with the Red Lake Nation. We have two or three programs that we operate in partnership with them, um, delivering substance abuse treatment and mental health care to our community. Um, it's just an earlier meeting and people talking about like, you know, it's one of our most critical needs in our community is like having um, um, not just more capacity and access to mental health services, but actually specifically um, to services with providers who know about our community, understand our history, understand the impact of historical trauma, and understand our contemporary experience as well, and recognize that we live in today's society, but we're impacted by our ex- ex- historical experiences. And so these partnerships we have at the Red Lake and specifically within the behavioral health footprint and mental health footprint have been really designed to sort of respond specifically to that thing, which is, you know, in the integration of culturally centered um, treatment models and support models that help, um, you know, our, our, our community and see themselves in the treatment with not just the providers are native, but also a lot of the, um, the, um, core elements of the program are deeply embedded in cultural and ritual and traditional healing aspects. And then we have a partnership that we've built out with Avivo Village. We're already providing cultural healing services through a spiritual care provider over there. And we are, um, they're going to be our um, partner in our housing component um, that provides supportive and affordable housing to our relatives. So it's, um, it's really becoming this wonderful experience of, you know, um, people with like minds and like philosophies and a desire to really help the community and, and lift them up and support them as they sort of um, um, get on a healing path and, and, and continue that path. And it's been an honor and privilege to work with them. I'm really excited about it. And it is, I call it my legacy initiative, but from the perspective of like, you know, um, I... Um, you know, it's just my honor and my privilege to serve my community. I was born and raised in this community, and so coming back from the West Coast after 20 years and being here has been a real privilege and honor. So it's kind yeah. of Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's so, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word groundbreaking, but breaking the, the ceiling of, of uh, mental health and behavioral health and um, cultural uh, identity and working on that, how important that is, because I know that's a fairly new thing, and at least in the chemical dependency realm, uh, to to merge those two. So, so it's very exciting to hear that, because I never had that opportunity when I was uh, sobering up. Yeah, that's true. Me neither. I got sober almost 38 years ago, and there was practically nothing really for me when I first got clean, you know, <clears throat> and um, way back in the day, I was just a 23-year-old, but I think the the thing for me is that, you know, my experience has been, you know, I got the tools that I needed to be able to sort of kind of start my um, my path towards recovery from um, drug and alcohol addiction early in my life. I got those basic tools from, um, from like, um, going to AA meetings and other kinds of support s- structures and maybe even therapy. I had a really great therapist. Um, after finding, after having some not so great therapists when I first started out, um, <clears throat> a Jungian psychologist, his name was um, Don Kilhefner. I think he's still around. I'm not sure, but um, life changing for me. Um, 
And, um, you know, one of the things that has helped to sustain me and to sustain my recovery and my, and my, um, not just my recovery, but also my ability to thrive and my ability to sort of like, you know, have my whole world um, crack wide open and just see the potential for my own personal growth and development, but also the growth and development of my community and all of those, all the richness there. It was centered in um, ceremony and traditional healing practices. It was like mm-hmm. coming back to that circle was what actually created um, um, the opportunity for me to sort of really um, 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 become a, a more full, full human being and to be mm-hmm. a more fuller and um, uh, a vessel, I guess, or a partner, a better, a better um, relative in the community and the work that I do, and um, not just within the clinic, but at large across all of those structures that I work in and all the places. It really was the thing that helped me imagine a better life and a better future for me and my children and the future children to come. Well, it's interesting because I would have short, uh, short. Uh listed myself if I would as to dream where I'd be at today and uh, the position oh. and and uh, not only that but just uh, probably the uh, the giving because I've learned uh, from a lot of people in my lifetime you have to give it away to keep it and that's been everything in my life not just sobriety and not trying to do good things for people and not be found out it's just become everything What's the reason creator sent us here was to be good relatives to one another and just, you know, um, to understand the beauty and the gift of being able to do that in each other's lives. And I think one of the things for me was like, you know, I was just a, I was a wreck of a mess. Like I was like, a, you know, you know, it wasn't too much unlike that um, hurricane that just passed by Maui. I think that mm. was kind of like the experience of the people who loved me and whose lives I were in. I would just leave a path of destruction, a path of destruction that was miles wide, miles um, and um, you know miles deep. And so, <clears throat> you know, I didn't really know that. Like, um, I would have done the same thing. I would have not known that I was able to um, have the kind of life that I have. No one is more astounded at the. Um, the privilege and the gifts that I have been given by being in recovery than me. Like I, I had no idea that my life could be so full and my life could be so rich um, uh, and that it would be, and that it would be embedded in service and being of service to our community. Perfect. Yes, exactly. I know Wendy's astound, astounded, uh, astounded by me and uh, um, I'm her best husband so far. So I'm working, working pretty good. Hey, well, there you go. Yeah. You better keep at that. Cause she's, uh, you know, she's a catch that one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's not saying that. Go ahead. Say something. Wendy. Please. I'm, I'm too busy. I'm chuckling over here. I think you're funny. <laughs> she's, she's heard all my material and now I just pulled a new one out there and made her chuckle. That's good. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately and, I guess we're 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 really kind of serious here about you know how far we've come as opposed to how far we have to come and and to, to celebrate life and recovery and uh, and service. I think that's just huge, and mm-hmm. you're the epitome of that, Doctor Stately. And we're going to have you on for another segment just for that. Oh, so don't uh, go anywhere. <laughs> we'll be right back. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live and and let howl. Turn to Auto Technical with your vehicle donation. We have families waiting for a car. You know, over 85% of unemployed are successful in finding and keeping a job if they have dependable transportation. A car plus a job equals a life changed. 612-919-5526. We have families waiting for a car. 919-5526 or autotech.org. Since when are houses disposable? I know. 
about half of what's in landfills are building materials that could be reused or recycled. For the sake of the environment, this has got to stop. There is money available to help Hennepin County residents and their contractors do the right thing. Reuse and recycle the building materials. You could earn $400 per ton for materials saved on a partial deconstruction of your next remodeling project and up to $9,000 for a full deconstruction in Hennepin County. Fixtures and cabinets? All the way down to stair treads and two-by-fours. Flooring? We floor you all day long, sister. (laughs) Materials are sold at Better Futures Reuse Warehouse at 2620 Minnehaha Avenue in Minneapolis. Don't demolish, deconstruct. Do the right thing, get money back. You nailed it, brother. That's denailed it. Wouldn't want to poke an eye out. <laughs> Check out betterfuturesminnesota.com. That's betterfuturesminnesota.com. And don't forget to shop the reuse warehouse. Hi, this is Paul Metza. Honored to tell you I've been broadcasting my Wall of Power Radio Hour show on AM 950 for over nine years. We have had musicians that have played with Bob Dylan and Prince, local musicians, authors, comedians, CIA agents. My motto is cool people from a wild walks of life in all 50 states. It airs every Saturday night at 6 p.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You know how it is with vacuum cleaners. You buy them, you break them, then you throw them away, right? Well, not necessarily. Often, fixing your vacuum can be cheaper than replacing it. Ever heard of A1 Vacuum in Roseville? They offer free estimates. So if you wish your vacuum worked like new again, drop by. A1 Vacuum is ready to help clean up your vacuum cleaner act. Find us at a-1vacuum.com or call 651-222-6316. Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you. With their AM 950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for clear skies tonight with a low around 55, Tuesday sunny with a high near 80, and Wednesday sunny with a high around 86. Don't just settle for what's in the cupboard. Elevate your meals with premium oils and vinegars from Vinaigrette. They offer the finest selection of extra virgin olive oils, balsamic vinegars, fused extra virgin olive oils, white balsamic vinegars, and wine vinegars. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in Minneapolis. More at vinaigrettemn.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Great organization. They've been supporting us for many years here on Native Roots Radio, and uh, we're back here, and we're talking to Dr. Stately and... uh, Talking about service, and I think uh, those things, knowing a little bit about your mother, I, I think you got a, a lot of that from her, too, over... Uh, uh, oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I think she's... um, <clears throat> She's the... Um, I have, I've inherited a lot of her, I think, um, her philosophy about, um, you know, what it means to be... Um, a servant leader in the community. You know, she was a, I was raised by her and a bunch of other indigenous women, right? So I was raised Mm -hmm. by lots of native women who were strong, outspoken, you know, very, you know, um, just not the kind of um, people that you would go up against, you know? And, um, I learned, you know, I, I didn't, of course, understand what I was learning and experiencing as a child and as a young man um, growing up in the um, late 60s and early 70s um, at the time when, you know, um, AIM was first taking taking shape. And, um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I have vague memories of my of my childhood and my um, my my parents. Um, we my mother. um um was um 
uh, very active in the beginning of AIM um, when it first started happening with a lot a lot of the other Native women in the Twin Cities. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this is not stuff we really talk a whole lot about. I think um, Clyde mentions it and um, and speaks a little bit about it in his um, autobiography or his memoir, and he. Um, and one of the things I think is we don't talk a whole lot about is like how much of the the beginning of AIM really was shaped around the leadership of the women in our community who were just, you know, um, frustrated and angered and tired and and um, and quite honestly worried about like the well-being of their men in the mm-hmm. community and, and, the, and the well-being of their children. So they, you know, they banded together and they started thinking about some solutions and I was a young kid when I remember like having, you know, <clears throat> my my uncles, um, the Belcourt brothers and uh, my uncle Dennis Banks and mm-hmm. all these other people like, you know, just I was a little tiny guy. So like, they, of course, they all look like giants to me. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I just have these memories of these big, huge Indian men walking through my house and down into my mother's basement and mm-hmm. My mother closing the door and saying, "Don't come down here." We're talking about about adult, adult stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and um, a lot of that stuff that became later, like things like, um, um, you know, AIM and Indian Ed and um, right. Indian Child Welfare stuff, all came from like the streets here in South Minneapolis. People just had enough of um, of, and I think that. I think about what that means today for today's kind of um, community. The things that we're experiencing and seeing in our communities now is that, you know, um, um, there's a lot of people who are tired of the things that are, that are, um, you know, um, um, confronting us and, you know, and challenging our, our health and our well-being, not just like, conditions but like social conditions like you know we have some of the worst health outcomes we have so much community violence um you know when the george floyd murder happened you know people were like and then the doj report was released about um four or five months ago right and it clearly shows like just how disparate and um significantly um police violence is directed towards um uh, more native people um, than any other racial group in the Twin Cities in Minneapolis, and these are things we knew back in the 1960s. That's why right. took right. So part of it is is that I was born out of that that time and that legacy, and I didn't really know that I think that I was going to be in the situation that I'm in. I mean, um, I didn't you know you don't go to school to be like I'm going to become an activist and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to be a community organizer it's just right. something these are part of your life or it isn't so, mm. yeah. well when we say aim we mean the American Indian movement and uh, just for our listeners who don't know and and it was started here uh, like Dr. Stately said on Franklin Avenue uh, with the way p- police were harming our native relatives I got a quick question for you, Dr. Stately. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, and, I, and I'm really curious about this, what do you do personally to take care of yourself? Because uh, where you are in the community, your job, uh, a lot of people depend on you. Your sons depend on you. Uh, your family depends on you in a lot of ways. Well, how do you take care of yourself? Well, I mean, I'm, I could probably legitimately legitimately and honestly do a better job of doing that um i do i think i have a way better um sense of how to draw boundaries and keep boundaries um in place than i did you know 10 15 years ago um i try really hard to um make sure that i um that i'm you know i we like in my family we don't eat a whole lot of fast food i cook for my kids almost every single day um, we try to get out. I walk, um, my dog about five miles a day. Usually I try to do that. Yeah. I work, do it right before I go to bed at night so that I'm tired and I'll go to sleep. And because that's another big part of making sure I have good sleep. I'm not always great at it, but I'm getting better at it. Um, and you know, I try to really do a good job of like, um, you know, integrating, um, spiritual practices too. So, get up in the morning, let the dogs out. I usually like will stand and um, say a prayer or something like that. I have, I have the benefit of living in a beautiful place that has 
a lot of trees. So I'll put some tobacco down in front of a tree or I'll, you know, say a prayer. Um, I live near a place where that has lots of eagles. So I'm always kind of gifted by at least once a week by an uh, eagle that um, kind of flies overhead and reminds me of that relationship. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I try to smudge. And then when I can, I go to ceremony. I haven't been doing a sweat in a while, but I think I'm probably ready for one here soon. And um, I go to um, NAC's uh, Seder ceremonies, and um, and then we have a drum group every Thursday that I try to attend to. So I'm doing stuff that is kind of loosely connected to what I do for work, but it's also life-giving as well. I go to those things because I, they bring me a lot of peace and they bring me a lot of joy. Yeah, the, the drum, uh, Wendy and I, our daughter uh in years past has been really affected by the drum and you know the and that's really cool to see yeah um you know i'm i'm working on this project here we're starting this project with young native men we um have a prevention project where we're working with young native men between the ages of 16 and 30 and it was a small grant that we got but um we decided to um we, we worked with this young man who came in and kind of helped us coordinate that program. And he was like, we should, we should get a drum. So we, you know, mm-hmm. got together with a group of people, they created a drum. Now NAC has a drum. Now we have an Eagle staff that somebody yeah. made for us and made for us. And we're doing this really amazing stuff. And we had this men's camp um, on fourth, I mean, July um, Memorial day weekend. Um, and about 20 young men um went to that camp and they spent time two or three days sort of kind of exploring, you know, traditional um, uh, things like um, drum making, singing songs, um, cooking for one another, spending time talking about what it means to be a young warrior and a kichitan or kichita in today's society. And that, that project was really born out of like um, me listening and hearing young men talk about like, you know, how they, um, they need more opportunities to come together and talk about yeah. their pain and they need more opportunities to talk about their concerns and also to begin to understand, you know, their place in today's society and in today's community. Like, you know, where do we, where, who are we and where do we show up and how do we show up and be strong right. warriors for people? It was a yeah. really beautiful experience. And those men that started that drum group now, they're out there every Thursday and it's drumming in front of the clinic between five and seven o'clock and, People from all around the community, they just kind of gather around the drum. And usually we have food and water and snacks. And there's intergenerational people there. There's kids all the way up to grandpas and even people my age. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's pretty well, exciting. That's, that's beautiful. And I think uh, for our community, that's sometimes a left out is, is our, our young men and how to be young men because we have so many shattered families and um and it's it's hard i think it's difficult for uh, our young men to find their place like you were saying yeah well it's you know a little bit of it is by design you know i mean that's the effect of colonization and mm-hmm. all the colonial policies that really were put in place to sort of kind of destroy our families and you know create you know um those challenges within our communities. So, you know, one of the things that it's teaching me is that, you know, um, the drum is a universal sort of symbol for all native people. Like if you hear a drum beat, no matter where you are on Turtle Island, you hear a drum beat, it's a call, right? It's like, you know, I don't know how you are, but if I hear somebody drumming and starting to sing, I'll be like, I'll be looking for it. Like, where is that coming from kind of thing? Right. right? And I'm kind of pulled towards it. And I think there's, there's real power and real medicine in that drum. And so I think, and we're going to continue to do this for as long as the community wants us to do it. And it's a really honor. It's a beautiful thing. It's been healing for me just to go there and sit with those men yeah. and listen to them and sometimes join them on the drum. So it's been- Yeah, I'll have to make it over there after a show. Definitely, yeah. that sounds pretty exciting. I know Wendy and I, when we were in Standing Rock, we heard a lot of singing and drums in the distance that uh, not only drew us, but uh, it was beautiful. It was it was eerie and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, it's medicine. It's yeah. like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, Dr. Stately, I really appreciate you being on, and uh, 
I don't know if you have time to stick around and howl with us uh, the next segment where we're going to talk about our sacred sacred animals with Wendy, but I understand if you can't, uh, it's always a fun part of our show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll stick around and howl. You know? Right on. You're a good sport. Thank you so much, <laughs> Dr. Stately, for really, really uh, powerful words, as always. Really appreciate yeah, you. Appreciate you and the work you do in the community and um, coming in here and sharing that. It's just it's pretty beautiful. I appreciate you. And we'll be right back. This is Native Roots, Native Roots Radio. Stay with us. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite resilient as ever and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. End-of-life decisions are not easy to make. Hi, I'm Mary T. of Mary T. Hospice Care. It's important to make sure that this difficult time is meaningful and comforting to you and your loved ones. Our hospice team provides an individualized program of physical, emotional, spiritual, and practical care so your loved one is comfortable and not in pain. At Mary T. Hospice, we understand that choosing the right hospice care provider can be overwhelming, but we're here to assist you. Learn more today at MaryTInc.com. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, Protecting Wolves for Future Generations. That was beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Stately. Hey, uh, Haley, you got a quick uh, update on tomorrow's show? Yes. Well, since uh, we had Dr. Stately on today, um, as wonderful as that always is, talking mental health, we got another show tomorrow. We're going to be having Jocelyn McWhorter on from Hennepin County Mental Health Awareness Campaign, as well as uh, CEO of Strong Hearts Native Helpline, Lori Jump. Yeah, we love Lori. Um, and Dr. Stately, thank you so much for coming on. And this is uh, our, our sacred animal portion. You're uh, able to stay on. I know um, that you're working hard in the office and you have a long drive, but definitely stay on. And if you have, if Wendy's got a quiz here, you can uh, join in. So, hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has been an animal advocate for many years, and she talks about her sacred animals here on Native Ritz Radio. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. Yeah, and that's to give Curtis uh, some, some tobacco out for yeah. him. He's healing up an uh, mm-hmm. uh, operation today, but things are going good, and it happened well. Yes, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues on the local and state level. And what we do is we work on policy. 
So we go and talk to our legislators and our House representatives and our, even our city council members, and we ask them for help with humane laws. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love this quote from Gandhi, which I'm going to quote right now, and it says, The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Mm-hmm. And I really, truly believe that, you know, all animals. And what I'm going to be talking about right now is our farmed animals. So our cows, our pigs, and our chickens. And a lot of people may not really worry about them or care about them. But uh, there's a dangerous um, law or act that's being proposed and I'm going to tell you about it. So right now, California has animal an animal welfare law, and it's called Proposition 12. So what this Proposition 12 means is that it gives space to the animals on the farms. So right, and a lot a lot of states have. Uh, baby calves in um, veal veal pens, right? And they're kept in confinement and really horrific um, conditions. Chickens in battery cages, they're called battery cages because they're as big as a car battery and the chickens can't even flap their wings or turn around and they're kept like that in, yeah, egg uh, laying chickens. Um, Pigs, female pigs are kept in gestational crates um, and they're just bred over and over and over again. And these uh, gestational crates, the pig could stand up, but the pig cannot stand uh, and move side to side or turn around her whole entire life. Um, and a lot of people don't know that the animals are kept like that. Right. Because if they did, I think people would say, hey, we don't want the farm, even though we're going to be eating these animals, we don't want their lives to be miserable. We don't want them to kept be kept in these horrific conditions. So California came up with the Animal Welfare Law uh Proposition 12, mm-hmm. um, which regulates space for these farmed animals and says, hey, we need to give these animals more space. They need to be able to roam around a little right. bit more. And California says, we do not want any eggs. We do not want any pork. And we do not want any chicken that are kept in these horrific uh, right. So that's what Proposition 12. But now what's mm. happening is the Supreme Court Whoa. and a Congresswoman Ashley Hinson uh, will be leading this effort to bring about the EATS Act. It's E-A-T-S Act. And what this stands for is the Ending Agricultural Trade Suppression Act. So they want to say, no, California can't have pa- pre- uh, Proposition 12. These states can't regulate how farmers keep these animals. Hmm. So what we're doing is we're fighting against that. The Humane Society of the United States and a lot of other animal um, ag uh, animal advocacy groups mm-hmm. are working with their Congress people, their senators, and asking them to please oppose the Eats Act because mm-hmm. it's going to become it's going to be a bill, and mm-hmm. it's going to become uh, go towards the Senate, and the Senate is going to have to sign what they want to do. So, if you care about animals, mm-hmm. even the animals that you eat, um, we want you to call your uh, Senator and mm-hmm. your House Representative, and ask them to please oppose the Eats Act. Yeah. So if you could just do that, it usually just takes a quick phone call. Uh, most of the time, I know in my experience, um, I would maybe get a legislative assistant that answers the phone. Mm-hmm. And you just leave them a message. You yeah. tell them I'm a constituent. I care about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, please let Senator so and so. In my case, I would say please let. Senator Klobuchar know that I want her to oppose the EATS Act Mm -hmm. uh, and that I feel that even farmed animals that we eat deserve to have space to turn around in their life. Absolutely. I mean, could you imagine um, a female pig? Now, we know how smart they are. Staying in a spot where they could just stand up and lay down, but they can't move side to side and they can't turn around. Their whole entire lives are kept like that in right. that 
cramped space. So, mm. yeah, give give your senator, your House representative a call. Take and and all these phone calls really make a yeah. big difference. The legislative assistants will get on, uh, make a list, mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, you know, I got twenty calls today, and you have constituents that really care about this right. thing." So they listen. We've yeah, they seen do. it happen. Um, we've worked on a lot of other legislative um, humane bills and laws that we want to pass in Minnesota. We want Minnesota, St. Paul, the area that we live in, to mm-hmm. be a humane place. Absolutely. So, yeah. good, good call on that. Yeah. Robert, you gave me an article the other day that I love and I want to share it with the, with the, with oh, the audience here. Let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> so there was this farmer, and every night when the farmer went to bed, the yeah. dog, his dog would bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. So the farmer finally said, I can't see anything out there. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to set up cameras. Right. I'm going to set up cameras all around to find out what this dog is barking about. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what happened was, <clears throat> excuse me, what he saw on the camera <laughs> was a leopard who came to the cow, this one particular cow, mm-hmm. every night. Um, and what would happen would the cow and the leopard would cuddle together and the farmer was astonished about right. this, and he couldn't unbelie- believe it. So the farmer got in touch with the previous farm owner and mm-hmm. said, you know, this is happening on my land, and I've never seen anything like this before in my life, and what's going on? And the previous farm owner said, the leopard was born, and then we noticed in 20 days that the leopard's mom was killed. Oh, the leopard's mom was killed and we had a, a cow that just gave birth mm-hmm. and had milk. And the cow was milk giving its milk to the leopard. What? So then the leopard believed that this cow would, was his mom. Oh. Yeah, you could go online and you could uh, just probably Google cow and leopard. <laughs> um, and you could see pictures of them like kind of cuddling. The leopard's kind of like sleeping underneath the cow's head. Oh. And the cow's head is like over the leopard's body. And oh. they're cuddling. So I think that that's a really good story about yeah. how inner species um, you know, get along, yeah. how they come together, how it doesn't matter um, what species it is. The, the mother cow is just being motherly um, to the leopard. So it's a beautiful story. What a way to end the show of Peeny Geeky, Wendy. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate the time and uh, being able to talk about important animal issues. Right on. Hey, Dr. Stately, thank you so much for being on today. Okay, Dr. Stately doesn't realize this is a radio show. He just bowed to us. Uh, (laughs) Thank you very much. There you go. Thank you, Haley, for all the work. And, of course, thank you, Wendy, for uh, those updates on our sacred animals. If you're listening to the show, you're part of the resistance. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier.